listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Welcome in, everybody, to the Beyond the Game program. Very glad to have you along. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Over the next half hour or so, we'll talk sports. We'll do it from a faith-based point of view. Our program is recorded in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. It's heard all around the world via podcast. Last week, Zach, the program was downloaded in Fountain Inn. South Carolina, among many other places across the United States and internationally as well. I don't know much about Fountain Inn. Apart from that, it is the Greenville area of South Carolina, but I know it was the birthplace in 1907 to Clayton Pegleg Bates. Pegleg Bates is named Pegleg because he lost a leg at 12 years old in a cotton gin accident. He became a well-known vaudeville dancer. He appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show 22 times. And I only know all this because he settled later in life in my hometown of Kerhunkson, New York, in the Catskills, where he owned a resort hotel. And looking up Fountain Inn, I found that it was also the home of Travell Wharton. He enjoyed a nice career in the NFL, mostly with the Carolina Panthers. I want to say thank you to those listening in Fountain Inn, South Carolina, and wherever it is you're listening from. We appreciate you spending time with us as well. Let's get this week's show started by giving it over to Zach Barletta, who will take us through this week's shenanigan topics. Number one, Rudy Gobert will be remembered more for touching the microphones, contracting coronavirus, and shutting down the NBA than for his talents on the court. I agree, Zach. I I hope I'm wrong. But these little side notes, these Mm. trivia-type facts, they often stick with people. And thats he's a terrific player. Just simple statistics and percentages would tell you that it was coming to the NBA anyway. It was only a matter of time. It just happened to be Rudy Gobert. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I do think this is what he'll be remembered for. Maybe not completely. You know, it's not going to be, oh, that's all he ever did. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be the butt of a joke for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it's it's not so much that he got it, you know, that he was the first player in the NBA to get coronavirus, but that he did the stupid thing where he touched all the microphones. Yeah, and stuff, real careless. And apparently was real loose with touching people's stuff in the locker room after the game as well, where several other players were angry because they said that they got it from him. And I think a little kid that got his autograph at the game tested positive shortly afterwards and stuff. So it's just the manner in which it happened when she was so flippant about it and then ended up being almost a patient zero situation where he passed it around to a lot of people. Um, we were talking about this off the air. But he really got lucky in that, like, he was the big villain on social media for several days because of that. And then the DeAndre Hopkins trade happened, and everyone was talking so much trash about Bill O'Brien that they sort of forgot about Rudy Gobert. So, um, unfortunately, we're bringing him back up. But, yeah, I I agree. I think he'll be remembered more as the coronavirus guy. And he's got to feel awful for that kid and and anybody else that was affected as a as a result, it, I'm sure he feels awful. It's it's just a terrible situation. Number two, speaking of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien should be fired for trading DeAndre Hopkins. I agree. I, this guy, I, you know, you should know taking a weapon away 
like DeAndre Hopkins from your quarterback mm-hmm. is not helping your quarterback. What are you thinking when you do it? I think he needs to be held accountable. And look, there's a talented team. Yeah. And they've underachieved under Bill O'Brien. So give somebody else a chance. Before that window, and maybe it is too late. Maybe that window's closed at this yeah, point. Yeah, I agree. And I really thought he should have been fired before the season. But I just, the guy traded away Jadavian Clowney, the former number one overall pick. And he traded away DeAndre Hopkins, both of those within a year of each other, and didn't get any first-round picks back. He gave up first-round picks and a whole bunch of stuff to get Laramie Tunsil as a panic move because he hadn't addressed the offensive line previously. Um, You know, it's just, he's just destroyed that organization. And yeah, they made the playoffs, probably should have lost to Buffalo. We won't go there. But like, it's just, at the very least, he shouldn't be allowed to trade. The fact that he fired their GM and then didn't replace him and just basically took control of the entire organization himself. Someone's got to take the PlayStation controller away from him and not allow him <laughs> to make the trades anymore because you can't you can't keep just getting into feuds with your star players and getting rid of them and hamstringing your organization. You can't do it. That's how you lose. You traded well, you may I've forgotten all about Jadavian Clowney, but you traded away DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that's one of the most amazing stats two years ago, maybe it was three years ago. He didn't drop a pass. Mm-hmm. Not one. Yeah. To me, that's absolutely amazing. You traded this guy. You're not helping your franchise. Yeah. For a washed up running back with a pricey contract and a second round pick. You know, you traded Jadavian Clowney for a bunch of backup linebackers. Like it it's just he he's just incredibly bad. You can't make these trades on Madden. They get turned down. <laughs> like it's just it's it's so bad. Number three, speaking of trades, acquiring Stephon Diggs makes the Buffalo Bills legit Super Bowl contenders. Now, I don't mean to go first in all three, but I'm going to because <laughs> I'm interested to hear what you think about this. You're the biggest Bill fan, so I, I, I probably have very little. I'm going to say I agree. I mean, they were pretty good last year, and it sounds a little odd to say Bill's legitimate Super Bowl contenders. i rather enjoy that, but it sounds odd. The fact is... The Bills have been improving, and throughout the league, some of the top teams are now coming back to the pack. Some, Of course, there's still a number of very tough teams, but Buffalo's one of them. And, and is there anyone out there who you'd say the Bills just have no chance to be? I, I don't think so, but I want to hear what you have to say. I don't think I would say there's anybody on their schedule this year that they have no chance to beat. There's teams I wouldn't expect them to beat. If they face a Kansas City, if they face a Baltimore, if they face... Um, you know, some of those elite type teams. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to beat them, but to say that they don't have a shot to beat them, that's not true. They probably right. should have beat they're Baltimore gonna this year. You know they're going to compete in that game. Absolutely. They at least, you're not going away, oh, we have no shot to win yeah. here. This is a 10-win football team from a year ago that made the playoffs, made some noise in that playoff game. They've The uh, players that left on the defensive line and were replaced, they've upgraded there. And oh, by the way, they added Stephon Diggs to the offense, and they still have the draft upcoming. The Patriots are not a team that scares you anymore. They have no cap space, no second-round pick, no Tom Brady. You know that the AFC is in a bit of flux right now. This is the perfect time for the Bills to push their chips into the middle, and that's what they did with this trade, and uh, I think that makes them contenders. You bring up the Chiefs, and, and you go, okay, if you got to go to Kansas City to play them, you're still not out of it. I still think the Bills can be competitive, but that's a tough ask. Yeah. Now, you play the Chiefs or Baltimore or any of these other top teams in Buffalo, that's a tough ask on their part. Agreed. And I think 
the big difference, obviously, this year is the Wicked Witch is dead. You know, as as a Bills fan for the last 20 years, you sort of had to hope for a wild card spot and then take the long path through the playoffs to the Super Bowl, knowing that you weren't really a roster that was equipped to do that. This year, Tom Brady's gone. The Patriots are out of money. They're looking at a quarterback competition between Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. So the Bills are actually favorites in their division right now with a chance to be one of the top three or four teams in the division. And like you said, they're a tough out at home. You know, I was at that game last year where the Ravens came to town. And the Ravens, who were pretty widely considered the best team in football for most of the year, the Bills took them right to the end. And it was a great play in the end zone by a Ravens corner to save what could have been a game-winning touchdown for the Bills. Um, the Bills gave them all they could handle in that game. And I think that you look at the power rankings that just came out from the NFL, they have the Bills at number eight. And they arguably could be higher because they have the Titans two spots ahead of them who've gotten worse this offseason. So I think you look at the Bills for once, have a clear shot to first place in the division, have a clear shot to be one of the top teams in the AFC. Uh, That's the definition of a contender to me. All right. Thank you, Zach. That'll do it for shenanigans. But do stick around because after the break, we're going to talk with Roberts Wesleyan College's Kristen Concordia. She coaches the 21st-ranked women's lacrosse team in the nation for the Red Hawks. She'll talk with us next here on the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles, Our teams have made three NCAA National Championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. Kristen Concordia is the head coach of the women's lacrosse team at Roberts Wesleyan College. She joins us now on the BTG studio line. Welcome to the program, Coach. Nice to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's get to the obvious question. After last season when your team recorded the most wins in program history, you earned a third consecutive appearance in the ECC championship tournament. This season, your term, your team was sitting 4-1, and one. It's ranked 21 in the nation when, unfortunately, the season was canceled. Now, we can all imagine how disappointing that was, but can you talk about that moment with the girls when you when you first discussed the decision? Was it you who told the girls? Were you all together at that time? Yeah, honestly, every minute things were changing, but I knew I wanted to be the one to prepare the girls for what could happen instead of them hearing it or reading it all on their own. So I remember we were practicing that day because we had a two-game weekend coming up. And while I was at practice, I heard that the next few games of ours were canceled and other conferences were even canceling their entire spring season. So I knew right then and there I needed to, you know, instead of practice, we should just talk about the different options for our season. 
and for us as a team. And who would have thought, of course, less than 20 hours later, our team, our, our season was canceled and I had to let the entire team know. But honestly, you'd expect, I'd expect the girls to be shocked, angry, you know, be emotional over it and all of that. But what the team did made me feel so incredibly proud because they, within four hours, they decorated the locker room. They were, had little small sentimental gifts for their seniors. Um, and instead of feeling sorry for themselves and thinking about like any of the missed opportunities, they decided to take that time to celebrate the commitment of the seniors and how they made, you know, the commitment they'd made to their team. But um, it was just heartwarming because I knew that we had a strong culture, but it was just amazing to see the girls come together in action. You mentioned the seniors, and if I understand it right, you're only graduating five girls this season. Of course, they won't have the opportunity to be with you next year. You're losing Sarah and Jessica Giancursio, Chloe Wormsley, Tiffany Melendez, and Abigail Harnois. Uh, I'm wondering, as seniors, what was their perspective of this situation? They were honestly very heartbroken, especially after such a great start and all start to the season. As coaches, we talked about how we truly felt our senior leaders had a lot to do with that success. So they were heartbroken. But after being able to step back, um, be with the team, but actually see why everything was canceled and like what the precautions were that we needed to make as a, as a team, as a conference, um, it gave them some clarity and gave them some, you know, some understanding to everything. But, of course, they're originally heartbroken. Obviously, you didn't get to play as many games as you had planned. But among the five you did get in, a couple really stand out. You had a big win over Pace University. You had a narrow one-goal loss to St. Leo University. Both those programs in the top 25, by the way, against some of the nation's best, you have both the high of a great victory and the low of a heart clenching close loss can you tell us about those two games in particular and what you told the ladies after each of those games yeah um well what really drove us this season was actually something Kobe Bryant said in an interview that was basically our team quote he said practices are meant to be competitive if your practices aren't more competitive than the games themselves you're doing the wrong thing you got to show up and work so we knew that, like, the entire season, we were going to have to show up, put the work in um, during practices to prepare us for games like Pace, which was our first game of the season. They're preseason ranking 18th. And um, I'd be the first one to say I was just praying for us to be very competitive um, and to learn from that game and move on. But the girls came out so excited. They were prepared, honestly, both mentally and physically. And after that game, we talked as a team about um, it just being the start of something amazing. It got us all pumped up for the entire season. And um, just to remind each other to keep working hard and to continue to like have fun playing the game, because that's what really drove us to win that game was they were having so much fun on that field. So I wanted to make sure that they knew that you got to continue to have fun playing the game. And then we went down to Florida and lost by one to St. Leo, who I think was preseason ranked 23rd. And we were absolutely crushed. It was definitely a, a crushing type feeling. But um, I think we grew mentally as a team because there were so many factors down in Florida that we just couldn't control. Um, so instead, we talked about having a short-term memory. We actually went to uh, the beach about 10 minutes away right after the game just so the girls can get dip their feet into the ocean and kind of have that short-term kind of memory. But then we talked about how we need to use what we learned during that game and use it for practice and prepare us for the next game. 
So overall, you know, those we were excited to play many other great teams, but, um, you know, we were ready to play them all, but those two games definitely stuck out for us. Our guest on the BTG phone line is Kristen Concordia, head coach of the nationally ranked women's lacrosse team at Roberts Wesleyan College. On a brighter note, Kristen, as I said earlier, you're only graduating five seniors, so there's got to be a lot of optimism as you look ahead to next season. But a few of your stars will be seniors at that time. Emily Tomai, Taylor Nathan, Lindsay Brinkle. Do you feel any extra pressure to do something special for them next season, especially in light of how this season was sort of taken away from them? Yeah, our rising seniors um, are so excited to push our culture um, to, to keep being a championship-like culture and then take on those leadership roles that our seniors this year did have. Um, two, two of our rising seniors, Emily Tamai and Maddie Walsh, they're going to be captains again this season. Um, and they're, they're going to try it for the next season too, but they did an excellent job. And then we have Taylor Nathan and Lindsay Brinkle who have shown so much servant leadership qualities that I'm excited to see their continued growth. But of course I feel that added pressure to continue to keep moving the program into the right direction. But um, especially after the start we just had, but to see, you know, that we do have strong leaders coming up and our culture is still strong. Um, I'm excited to kind of pick back where we left off from, from last time. Of course, we might have to prove ourselves in Division Two again, but um, I think we'll be ready. As you know, we do the Red Hawks recap each week on our program, and a name we've mentioned several times this season is freshman Jamie Walker. She has 19 goals on the season, tying her for the team lead with Emily Tomai. She's also got 24 points, which is second only to Lindsay Brinkle. Can you talk about the impact that she has had on your team as a freshman? Jamie Walker is a program changer. She is the most humble, hardworking athlete in, in, that I've had. And she, um, if you just look at her stats, it's obvious how she's helped our offense altogether. But if you actually watch her play, you can see that she has the ability to control the pace of the game with or without the ball in her stick. So she can push for a quick goal, um, but then she can also slow the game down and see that we've been nonstop back and forth and we kind of just need to relax. Uh, that stuff that you, you can teach that stuff, but it most likely wouldn't grasp until a few years of preaching it. But Jamie just has it, and we're, we're really excited to have her. Kristen, your Red Hawks team has a distinctly local look to it. A lot of players coming to you from right here in the Rochester area. Has that had any impact on the success of the team? Because I would imagine they're already familiar with one another to some degree, and they have that common bond of all being from this area. Yeah, Rochester is such a hotbed for lacrosse. There's so many excellent high school teams and club teams in the area. Um, so to find girls that want to stay close to home is, is really key. And um, they're becoming more well-known. We're becoming more well-known in the area uh, and starting to push our way through the state. But you're right. The, a lot of our success really comes from the bonds that they are developing before they even come to Roberts. So girls are committing earlier in high school and, you know, personally, I think that to, to grow a strong culture, um, you, they start talking right away. So as more girls commit for the class, they begin a group chat. They find each other during summer tournaments. They plan to attend our games together in the spring. But they just really start that friendship and that sisterhood. You know, it really just strengthens before they even come to us at Roberts. Now, seeing you have a number of locals, do you all agree on where to go for a garbage plate? We definitely do not agree <laughs> on the best place for a garbage place. Now, I'm curious, what is a successful lacrosse coach such as yourself? What do you order when you go get a garbage plate? 
definitely just a simple cheeseburger plate with mac home fries and of course the the meat hot sauce just loaded all over it okay you're a traditionalist then <laughs> oh absolutely but seriously when, when you're out there recruiting uh, when you talk about Roberts, what is it that you talk about with parents and prospective players? I talk about the life and the balance because that's definitely what D2 um, embodies. But between athletics, academics, and just growing as an individual, there needs to be a balance. Um, and that definitely separates us between a Division One team. Um, I also talk about the immediate family that they'll be getting once they come to Roberts. Not just the girl, but also the, the parents and the rest of the family, um, both academically and athletically. Because, you know, athletically, we, I, I try to preach that, you know, this team, they're sisters. And um, we, we talk about how sisters are loyal to each other and how they genuinely care about each other and want the best for each other, even through the growing pains of finding yourself as a young woman. So I tell my recruits that here at Roberts, you'll graduate with a core group of girls who will be there for you all throughout life. And then the academic side of it, I talk about how the professors, the advisors, um, our athletic staff for them as well, they really care for them as student athletes and make sure they're prepared for life after the game and after college. But I also talk about um, how we are intentional with our faith. We will practice, um, we'll, we'll pray before practices and before games, but um, importantly, we will meet you wherever you are in your walk with Jesus and um, that you don't need to be a strong Christian, but we will welcome him into our everyday lives. Kristen, you mentioned faith. Would you mind sharing with our listeners a bit about your faith story? How, how and when did you become a believer in Jesus Christ? Of course, I grew up Catholic, and um, Jesus Christ was always the, the center in my family. But I went to a secular college, and honestly, it didn't, I didn't continue to grow in my faith as an individual outside of my family. Um, it was just something that was put aside, and I was very comfortable where I was at with him. But I was very blessed to be able to do my graduate internship here at Roberts and start as an assistant coach. And being able to be around people who felt so comfortable and confident about their own continued walk with God was refreshing and definitely made a huge impact on me. But honestly, I will admit I struggled with my faith after my father passed. I questioned a lot, but everyone at Roberts, my coworkers, my players, my family, they all gathered around me, prayed for me, and allowed me to refine my faith and walk. Um, and I, now I walk down a much stronger path than before. Sorry to hear about your dad. Uh, one more thing before we let you go. How, how is it that we can pray for you? Um, I maybe just ask that you join me while I pray for the students at Roberts. They are transitioning into the unknown with these online classes and virtual classes, as other colleges and schools are, too. But, um, but for many, it's going to be a huge adjustment. We've been talking with Kristen Concordia, head coach of the number 21 women's lacrosse team, nationally ranked Roberts Wesleyan College. Kristen, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me on. That's Kristen Concordia joining us, head coach of the number 21 in the nation, the women's lacrosse team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Hey, come on back. we got a little bit more to do along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. 
and knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Well, thanks for sticking around. Before we close out the show, let's give you our You Like That for this week. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says, And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obviously, not much going on in sports as the arenas and stadiums are empty. Of course, empty stadiums mean a lot of people are out of work. And while they are too numerous to mention, what I like this week is the overwhelming support of athletes, high-paid athletes, who are kicking in to help those who need it most, those overlooked workers who make our game day experience what it is. Athletes, team owners, making sure that field crews, concession workers, and other support staff continue receiving a paycheck is what I like this week. What I liked this week was something that was done by the company Fanatics. In case you haven't heard of them, they make sports gear. They make the uniforms for Major League Baseball. And obviously there's no baseball to be played right now. So what Fanatics is doing is they're using the baseball jersey material and they're making masks for hospital staff. So they're doing it in the area of Pennsylvania where they are located in New York, but it will eventually, I believe, be across the country. So if you're in those areas and you're getting a new shipment of masks as a hospital worker, you're getting masks with Yankees pinstripes or Cincinnati Reds pinstripes or, you know, maybe some blue or red for alternate jerseys. But these guys that are working all these hours in the hospital are now able to wear masks that are made from the uniforms of their favorite baseball teams. And I think that's a cool way for the company Fanatics to get involved and make a difference in this coronavirus thing that's affecting all of us. And it's you cool like for that. the hospital workers. Like I guess what I don't understand, if you're if you're the Yankees or you're a team that has pinstripes, and I love the idea. I get it. Look, I, I'm all I'm. I'm with you. I like that. But if you don't have pinstripes, if you're just a plain gray or a plain white jersey, is it is it all that exciting? No, get better jerseys. Well, I guess you got to you got to have <laughs> pinstripes because Absolutely. you know, unless I've, they're using that material where across you just got maybe the B from Braves or something, but. Mm-hmm. You got to have pinstripes to make that really cool. Yeah, but who wants to wear brave stuff? Not me. Well, that's the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us this week. I just want to remind you that the Beyond the Game program is mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. I want to say thank you to all of you who have given to bring the good news of the gospel to sports fans all around the world using Sports Talk Radio. We are asking that you would continue to keep us in your prayers. And if God lays it on your heart to make a financial contribution to this ministry, that could be a one-time gift or maybe a recurring amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 